and this is so exciting. Ali, is it? Am I saying it right to say uh, "Assalamu alaikum"? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, Fine. great, Good. great. Okay. And Kevin, I'll just say "Hey" to you, <laughs> if that's okay. You aren't going to clap today. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, we need to clap. <laughs> Bless your heart. Oh, only if you want to. Only if you yeah. want to. And make yeah, it sound yeah, a little fine. funny robot activated, you know, sort of nasal. <laughs> <laughs> do, do you want to invite him, Kevin, to do so? Uh, yeah, I'll do that. On, okay, okay. Okay. Um, so one, two, three, clap. Clap on technology activated. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'm so excited about today's episode. Um, Why are you excited? Uh, well, first of all, I just want to say welcome, everybody, to Board Game Faith, uh, a, a podcast about the intersection of board games and religion and spirituality. And what I'm so excited about, oh, is that we get to uh, welcome uh, Ali Karar today to our our episode. Um, uh, Ali Karar, uh, um, assalamu alaikum. We're so grateful to have you here. Um, and uh, yeah, welcome to the podcast. Welcome, Islam, and thank you for inviting me. I'm excited to be here uh, on your invitation. I have heard your episodes before, and uh, this podcast was just right up my alley about uh, conversing about spirituality and the link with the faith, and um, what you guys are doing is, in my opinion, fantastic. So I was excited that you have chosen me to be your first guest on the podcast. Oh, that's so kind. We were excited. I found Ali through the Dice Towers uh, Favorite Game Friday. So Ali's, I guess your your YouTube handle and Instagram is Karar2K, correct? Yep, Karar that's correct. 2K, which is your last name. And um, I enjoyed watching your, your videos that you made for the Favorite Game Friday and sort of... Uh, I knew you'd be a great guest. So that's that's how I, I tracked you down on Board uh, Game Geek and was able to find you and email you. And that's how this all happened. So it's really exciting. I'm so grateful um, to you, Kevin, for, for reaching out to uh, Ali. And we should probably introduce ourselves, too. So I'm, I'm Daniel. And I'm Kevin. And yeah. All right. Hey, Kevin. I'm Kevin Hilty. <laughs> And I'm Daniel Taylor. <laughs> no, I'm Daniel Carrar. We could. Well, then who am no. I? <laughs> so uh, you guys then don't need me because you guys. <laughs> we totally need you. <laughs> we totally need you. Please. Uh, thanks for listening, bring some everybody. Some sense of for... professionalism in this podcast. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, Ali, tell us so, about um, board gaming in Saudi Arabia or even Pakistan, where you're, where you. You grew up and worked some in Pakistan, right? But you now live in Saudi Arabia. Yeah, so uh, I'm from Pakistan, but I moved here to Saudi Arabia for job reasons. And my 
hobby board gaming did start in Saudi Arabia. Um, back in Pakistan, what we used to have or still have is mainly mass market games. So your typical Monopoly Risk, that's what you're going mm-hmm. to find in Pakistan. You won't find hobby board games uh, back where I come from. Uh, so there is no real uh, hobby store over there. Um, if someone is interested, you will have to ship the games uh, from uh, online and get international shipping done to Pakistan to actually get access to those games. But since there is no big market, people are not aware that much. That's why there is no, uh, not much awareness in Pakistan about these hobby board games. Now, when I came to Saudi Arabia, I was aware of few of the hobby board games because uh, even during my young years, um, even when I was a student, I used to read comic books a lot. And one of the things that was very prominent in those comic books were ad for board games, uh, even Dungeons and Dragons. And these board games were there. And I used to crave that, no, my board games don't look like this. What's this? And I was fascinated by that. <laughs> but then came a time period when video games came into my life. So then I wasn't interested in board games or I have forgotten about them. But as um, I grew up and then came to Saudi Arabia, another need came that, no, I need to spend more time with my family. And how can I do that? So I remembered one of the game names, which was Catan, that, okay, I always wanted to try that out. I have some time and I need to spend some time with my family. So I ordered Catan online uh, in Saudi Arabia. And from there, well, a whole new world appeared because now I was back in hobby board games. Oh, games can be much more. I had forgotten all about these hobby board games. And now, well, I make money myself so I can buy them. I don't have to ask my father about them. I can spend as much as I can afford. So uh, that's how actually I, the Catan actually brought me back to hobby board games, something which I craved back when I was young, but wasn't able to actually uh, get at that time. Uh, But since then, so now I have a collection of around 200 board games now. Um, And I try to keep my collection up to that number. Uh, I sell extra games or those games which I have played too many times that I don't think that I'm going to play anymore. So I sell those off. Uh, Now within Saudi Arabia, there is a hobby game market. There are many stores which are selling these hobby board games. Um, So even within my city, there are at least six game stores which are selling hobby board games. Uh, They are what you would expect. They have some few tables which uh, where people can come and play the games as well. They have what you typically expect, Magic the Gathering uh, tournaments over weekends as well hmm. because uh, all the uh, board game cafes need to run those tournaments just to uh, as a way of funding as well. So there is uh, quite a good market here um, even though Uh, There are many other cities of Saudi Arabia. So the eastern coast and west coast of Saudi Arabia and there is a central region of Saudi Arabia because by land, Saudi Arabia is very big. But the occupied regions of Saudi Arabia are very limited. And those are based on, again, 
where water is easily accessible, where um, the agricultural land is available. So accordingly, people have uh, populated the cities there. So where I live, that's the east coast of uh, Saudi Arabia, and we have a good community here. Then on the west coast, you will find again similar communities, and in the central region where the Riyadh, the uh, capital, is there you will find the community as well. So board gaming does exist here. Uh, what we also have is we do realize that in Saudi Arabia, the uh, group is still not as big. So what we also have our WhatsApp group for all the uh, board gamers uh, so that we can chat about board games which are available mm. in Saudi Arabia and we discuss those things and even plan game nights well that's pre-covid uh, we used to plan game days and uh, nearly every month or nearly every week people used to get together and play board games there as well hmm. um, so it's a, a still a reasonably good community here in saudi arabia who play hobby board games um, all the typical kind of board games that you expect one of the things i've enjoyed hearing you talk about on your YouTube channel is, uh, and you brought it up just now as well in discussing, you know, how you first got into uh, board games kind of around the same time that you were starting to have a family is, is how much your, your family uh, seems to, to play a role uh, in your board gaming life as well. I, I, on your YouTube channel, I, I noticed you, you, you talk sometimes about, you know, oh, I like this game, but my wife didn't, or my wife, you know, liked this game and I didn't. And then you also make these just delightful videos with your daughter. Um, and, you know, you, you do doing these board games reviews with her. Uh, and I'm just, I'm interested in hearing more about that. How has that experience been for you? Um, as a as a father as a board gamer to um you know to to work on these these videos with her um uh, these reviews with her you know is is this something that she uh really enjoys a lot and has this been a nice opportunity for kind of father daughter bonding time or how has that family dynamic been for you so um when it comes to first of all i'll split that question into two first of all when it comes to the family aspect of it i do think board games is really one of the great tools that you can have for family bonding and mm -hmm. uh one of the stable things in my home is it's really any night that we don't play any games really even mm. if it is a small game which we can play in 20 minutes 30 minutes I do try to make time out that okay everyone let's sit together even if it's a small roll and write or something we have to spend some time away from screens away from other distractions and play those games because again that's a time when you can discuss with each other while playing the game because I do think that board games play as a catalyst over discussion uh, with each other because these mm -hmm. days either if you have free time what used to happen is that I, okay somebody will pick up their phone and start scrolling on Facebook Instagram and or YouTube right. and they will be lost there forever and that has really broken that kind of uh, social feeling that you 
can have. Uh, and that's the same kind of issue I had with video games, why I backed off from video games. Because I myself used to play a lot of video games. But that was the time when we used to gather friends and play over a LAN network. So we used to yell at each other. <laughs> we used to laugh with each other because internet was not very good and LAN gaming was a reality. So we used to connect with each other, bring your own computers and have a game night. But with the advent of better broadband, broadband network, better internets, slowly that has disappeared. Now everyone is gaming through internet and you're not really socializing over video games. But when you are playing a board game, it gives you something to talk about. You're not just, yeah. it's just like eating dinner together that yeah. you need something with the person sitting across to uh, something in between so that you can discuss with them other things, even even though that main objective is eating the dinner, but they don't realize that they are talking about different things as well while they are uh, eating. I love that. Like you said, it's a catalyst it's to a catalyst, something else. Correct. Yeah. So that's why uh, with my family and my main gaming partner is my wife. Okay, she sports um, all my stupid hobbies that I get into. <laughs> and whenever I get into any hobby, I actually dive on the deep end as well. So I fully go in uh, and she supports that. And she gets to spend time with me because otherwise when I used to come back from office before uh, board games, I would sit on the computer for a while, uh, do play some game and then I would be tired after dinner time and then I wasn't very interested in watching TV or anything and then I would just go and go to sleep. Yeah. And yeah. there wouldn't be any real bonding time that you are spending with your family. So that was lacking from my side as well because I'm not one of those people who can just sit idly. I need something to do. Mm -hmm. And that's what board games gave me that, okay, now we are going to do something while we talk. Mm -hmm. So that's why uh, with the family, to me, that's one of the very important things that I do to spend time with them. Mm. Then uh, with my daughter, uh, as she's growing up, she is capable, becoming more and more capable to get involved into more and more complex games as well. Even though mm -hmm. we still play mostly family weight games, there are mm -hmm. more economic and heavy games, uh, Terraforming Mars, Power Grid, which I keep in my collection. But she doesn't get involved in those. <laughs> She's not <laughs> interested in those. Uh, but the family weight games, so um, just like any other preteen or teenager i i think it would be common to say that they are never happy to spend time with family uh, they want to be left alone they want to be on video games they want to be separate on their youtube and uh, their own devices but i make time for them that no we are going to spend time and once they start playing she does enjoy that mm -hmm, you mm -hmm. have to make her play you have to tell that, okay, no, this is no screen time. So it's your choice. Either you do this or there is board game. So then she will say, okay, I'll then take board game. I guess I'll do board games. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but when board she games plays, or dishes. <laughs> she does enjoy that. Yeah, and that's yeah. why 
over the weekend then we will do the review of uh, the board game which we have been playing multiple times so she's ready to actually sit in with me and do the review as well happily as well and again she enjoys doing that as well because she wanted to do videos with me so she's happy to actually enjoy giving her opinion about those videos uh, about those board games so it's fun time for uh, all of us using again the board game as a catalyst that's, board game is not so. the target it's just a catalyst for all the other right. activities that's awesome so uh, i love that i love that i, I want to go back to the board game cafes because i'm curious in the u.s sometimes there's a idea that some of these things are a little too into demonic superstitious right that, that you're there was that s- satanic panic back in the 80s about Dungeons and Dragons. Is there any of that in the kingdom of Saudi Arabia? No, no, absolutely not. Uh, because even uh, I think uh, that reminded me on Board Game Geek on one of the forums, someone was asking a question as well that I have to, uh, I'm as an expat, I'm coming to Saudi Arabia for a job and I have these many board games. So will my board games be uh, just confiscated at uh, the customs office because these are about dungeons and dragons and things like that. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and I gave him a clear, clear answer that no, no, don't worry, you can bring them in because people do realize these are games, and right. mm-hmm. you have to differentiate between a game and where the religion puts limits. So that brings me to topic that. For example, what is actually limited in Islam or uh, limited by the religion? Not just by, by Saudi Arabia laws, but just in general, by your own um, being a Muslim by faith, what is allowed by Islam for me and what is not allowed? Mm-hmm. Because let's take a game like Witticulture, for example. So everyone knows Muslims are not allowed to drink wine. And Viticulture is a very famous game just because it's all about winemaking and a very thematic game. Now, that's a theme that may not be suitable for Muslim because it's glorifying winemaking. Mm. So, mm. Saudi Arabia customs or Saudi Arabia law may not stop a game about it. Saudi Arabia has clear laws that you cannot import any wine a game about it, they will not stop it. But it's up to your own personal faith that are you okay to play that game or not? Me personally, mm-hmm. my opinion, that no, I will not be comfortable because it's glorifying something which is prohibited. It's prohibited mm-hmm. in Islam to sell wine. It's prohibited in Islam to drink wine. Uh, it's prohibited to grow grapes for the intention of making mm-hmm. wine. So all those three things have been clearly prohibited in Islam and you are uh, doing that or glorifying that. Now, let me take that to a bigger example of uh, deities and um, more, I will say, um, gods and goddesses. Now, going Mm -hmm. to a bigger topic from that. Um, Take Ankh. For example, uh, the big game from Simon uh, in the Blood Rage line, 
Ankh came from Eric Lang, and that's about that you are playing um, Egyptian god and goddesses, and you have to make um, the your whole game is about that you want more prayers towards you. Now, as long as you think about it as a game, I'm fine with that. And you might be thinking, well, that's kind of um, hypocritical because at one time, wine is not fine, but having other deities being religiously prayed, that is fine because it's not a real religion or it's not a living religion. Everyone knows that these are now uh, mythologies, Uh, just Mm -hmm. like Greek mythology, just like uh, Egyptian mythology, that these are these are dead religions these don't exist anymore so you are playing them as a sake of fun it's same applies to dungeon and dragon it's fictitious it's fiction so it's not a real thing so whatever you are doing is actually a fiction it's a story stories are Mm -hmm. not something which is not allowed in islam so there is no problem in that Okay, so you have to just go on a logical step about it that okay, it's fiction, thus at a time maybe people did believe in them, but now they don't believe. But in comparison, if we take about uh, think about uh, real living religion, for example, Hinduism, and you make gods about Hindu, then I will not be comfortable playing that game because it will be glorifying. Hindu gods and I'm being forced to represent or pray to or glorify one of the Hindu gods because, well, it's a living religion. I don't want to be disrespectful. Islam respects all religion and Islam guideline is that you have to respect every religion. So, uh, and since I'm not uh, an authentic person to talk about someone else's religion, I will not be comfortable playing that game because it might be hurting them or it might be glorifying them in a way that is not allowed. So hmm. I will not hmm. be comfortable with that because it's a living religion. And that's where I draw the line. It reminds me, thank you so much, Ali. It reminds me of you know other conversations I've been in uh, about thematic elements, just the larger issues of how do we relate to th- thematic elements of games that we or may may or may not find problematic you know and um and i appreciate your being so um so open and candid about about your your thinking related to that i i know um that's something i've thought about as 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 well in in other aspects um are um our listeners may not know you you all may not know kevin you may not know my my background is um is Mennonite Christian? Uh, it's a it's a denomination of Christianity. I'm, I'm Methodist now, but but my family was all Mennonite, and um, a form of Christianity. Yeah, and one of the hallmarks of Mennonite Christianity is you know never you know never do any violence ever. You know, it's just kind of it's just one of the, one of kind of the standards. And so I, even though I'm not. Men and I currently, that's been, that was my upbringing. That's part of who I am. And, and I struggle with games thematically sometimes where 
that's happening, you know, where I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm, I thematically what I'm doing is I'm doing violence to somebody else, you know, and, and I, I struggle with that. And, and so I appreciate your sharing how you have thought through, um, thematic issues that may or may not relate to your, to your faith as a Muslim. Thank you very much. That's helpful. Yeah, because uh, exactly what you have said, that if tomorrow a game comes where you are fighting against the Muslim and the objective of one of the faction is killing the Muslims, I will not be comfortable. Even though I'm sitting with my friends, I'll not be comfortable playing that faction or someone else playing that faction because their objective is doing that and I'm not just Mm -hmm. comfortable with that. So maybe it's just, just like... Uh, 9-11 happened, for example, and somebody two months down the road or one year down the road makes a game about 9-11. You will not be comfortable with that. Nobody Mm -hmm. will be comfortable Mm -hmm. with that because it's still a living thing. It's still a a close to the heart issue that happened in America. Same thing Mm -hmm. is with religions or other things that Mm -hmm. these are living things. These are living issues. Mm -hmm. You shouldn't be making either fun or making things about them. Games are supposed to be fun. You can find so many other themes about them and still achieve Mm -hmm. your objective. You don't have to hit so close to home to actually give your message about it. Right, right. You know, I was reading up a little about the game Lisboa, which I don't own, but I was just reading and watching some things about it. And it is a Vital Lacerda game who's famous designer from Portugal. And Mm -hmm. so it's it's about a very famous earthquake in Lisboa. Yeah, and so as you're as you're saying, Ali, that it uh, it's enough in the past that it's not painful, and so you can explore well, how do you deal with rebuilding, uh, but it's not a fresh catastrophe. It it it's one that's in the history books, Correct. and so it makes it mm-hmm. safe. Mm-hmm. And so yeah, we, we need things where we can have fun and not be uncomfortable. So that's probably why games are about the ancient past or mythologies or space or aliens because those are safe they're more fantastic they're not um they're not current events or current pains so that's that's a great insight which is, which is why one of my favorite games is bunny kingdom because everybody loves bunnies <laughs> actually if like you're a gardener like, if you're a gardener you do not <laughs> and i've just been re- re-watching uh wallace and gromit the weir rabbit which is one of my oh, yeah, top yeah. 10 movies of all time i just think that movie is so funny and yeah the rabbits are quite evil <laughs> okay, I I I I, um, I put a caveat. Yes. I, I put a little asterisk. Then after my my <laughs> statement that everyone loves bunnies. <laughs> oh God! Anyway, yes. Oh, very interesting. Do you think Ali? Do you think your views uh, would find agreement among like, I guess, board gamers in Saudi Arabia or? Well, uh, the, again, the way you interpret, or is that more? Yeah, is that more your own views? Uh, as I said, that it's a matter of your personal faith as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I, because I have seen here people play viticulture, viticulture is even sold here, ankh is sold here. Um, so I'm fine with ankh, but not with viticulture. But I've seen people play viticulture as well. Uh, in uh, game Five Tribes, for example. So what they, they have done, uh, Bruno Cathala is the designer for that. So what he has, oh, Bruno for duty, I I always mix those. I think it's, I think it's Bruno Catala. Okay. Yeah. Bruno Catala. So what he has done is uh, uh, used 
Arabic names for jinns and those actually names are the names of Allah, the names of God. And hmm. he has, uh, those names are used, maybe unintentionally, but to me hmm. that feels wrong because now you're giving the name of a God to a jinn. Mm-hmm. Uh, and jinn uh, is again uh, not a uh, heavenly creature. It's a creature of fire, a creature of hell, ideally. So uh, to me, that makes me uncomfortable. But again, mm-hmm. people play that. Some people, I have seen copies of uh, personal copies of people, what they have done here just to play because nothing else is controversial in that game other than usage of those names. So what they have done is actually put stickers on top of those tiles and just change the name. So Excellent. that they don't yeah. feel violated about it they are more comfortable yeah, with yeah. it so it's and a very game, small it thing. doesn't break the game it doesn't, it doesn't matter break right the game because yeah, yeah. It, that's just flavor text nothing more than that on that hmm. game so uh, so it's a more of a personal faith of a person that what they do when they see these kind of things in board games or any kind of games and then what they do with it uh, but what i think whatever i have explained it will be majority f- applicable for the majority of the people what you will find the opinion uh, which hold which do understand that yes these things are uh, superficial these are fictional things and they will be okay with playing such games yeah. you, another related issue that you mentioned in our email exchanges leading up to this um, Ali, that I was not aware of is the role of dice. Uh, not to make a pun there, sorry. The, the role, the role of dice. The role of dice. You better be glad you sorry. were 1,300 miles away or I would punch you. And I know you won't punch That's, back. I won't punch back because I'm a Mennonite. <laughs> That's great. Uh, yeah. um, anyway, the, the function of dice, how about that? The function of dice, um, it, the, the, the view of dice in Islam. And, and, and I didn't even, wasn't even aware there was a, a topic. Would you mind just sharing a little bit more about that, please? Yeah. So in Islam, the, what the uh, verse actually states is that uh, the dice is not allowed. Dice is prohibited. Mm. But again, mm. you have to understand what's the meaning of that dice. So dice, mm-hmm. uh, classically, in those era when Quran uh, came, was used for gambling purposes. And that's mm-hmm. the meaning of prohibition of dice. Now, someone can take it literally and say any board game with dice is not going to be allowed. So even Monopoly will go out of the way and uh, Parcheesi or Ludo or whatever games you will pick, even from the mass market, everything will be out. But what we have to realize is, again, there is a logic behind things. Gambling is not considered, uh, uh, is not allowed in Islam and is not considered as um, an allowed thing, in, I don't think, in any religion uh, or mm-hmm. uh, at least not a good thing in any uh, faith. So that is what is meant by not allowing dice. But many Muslims do consider it literally, which I think is actually not right. You have to understand that what is meant by 
no, uh, usage of dice. So if you are using dice or even forget the dice, if you are betting money in game. So for example, if you're playing a game of downforce or you're playing camel or camel up or any game, even without dice, but you are using real money to put bets on things, then that's still gambling. It doesn't matter mm-hmm. you use the physical dice or not. Gambling is what is meant, which is prohibited. So you cannot do betting. You cannot bet on things. Luck is allowed. Some people think that luck is not allowed. Luck is allowed when there is nothing at stake. But winning real money, because mm-hmm. that can ruin lives. That right. is was, what is meant by uh, when Islam says that dice is not allowed because uh, you have not earned that money by your uh, sweat of the bro. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thank you. That's right. Thank you. And that's, you're taking someone so else's money based on luck, not based on work, Correct. right? So you're t- you're taking someone, mm-hmm. yeah, you're taking advantage of someone. Right. Interesting. Mm-hmm. My parents uh, and the parents' generation um, will talk about there was a, a time when, uh, yeah, dice and cards, card playing was very much frowned upon um, in, in, in Christian churches, um, you know, uh, and, um, and I think it was because of that same association, just what you're saying, Ali, that it was the sense of, you know, these are people gambling, you know. Car- and, cards uh, or poker, and, that's what the same cards, yeah. yeah. God, Cards are still considered kind of um, kind of taboo things in Pakistan, mm-hmm. uh, but mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. only because the people do think whenever they see someone playing card at a table in the corner, they think they are gambling. But as long mm-hmm. as you are not gambling, mm-hmm. that's fine. You are playing for fun. Mm-hmm. You can play cards. That's fine. So it's you have to. Think about, again, what you're representing, what the consequences are, and uh, what's the real message of Islam or message of any faith. Because, again, uh, all these issues have nothing to do with Islam. These issues are related to what's better for human beings as individuals. Because Mm -hmm. gambling Mm -hmm. is not good for any individual, any human being. So that's why it's prohibited. So Ali, I, I'm really interested to hear your thoughts on um, the the intersection of um, your faith as a Muslim and board gaming. And I guess I, I just to let you know kind of where I'm coming from as background, and it may or may not relate to your experience of it. But you know, I shared before we started recording that I'm I'm a pastor at a at a at a local congregation, and um, at this church and a previ- and a previous church. I started a board game group in in our church, and um, and, and they're they're and I've talked about them in other episodes, and I, I they're great. I love them so much. Um, and for me, it makes total sense, you know, why why we do this in, in the church. But but there'll be times and experiences um, where folks, not necessarily in the church or out, but maybe outside the church, will hear, oh, a pastor's doing a board game group. Well, I don't know about that, <laughs> you know, and and it just it seems kind of odd. Um, to, to some folks and, and, you know, and I'll get to kind of talk about why I think it's such a cool, um, can be such a cool tool for faith and, and the intersection of it. Anyway, I'd be interested to hear, uh, you know, I guess, first of all, have you have any experiences like that where somebody, you know, will, will say, uh, you're into board games? Oh, yeah, I don't know about that, you know, and then, and then it's just maybe that as an, 
as an entree into the larger topic of what are why do you think it is good as you know as 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 a member of the uh, of Islam as a Muslim to to play board games? Why how how do you see those things intersecting? Okay, so um, regarding your again the first part of the question, yes, it will feel odd as well, just like your own experience, um, which I think is wrong, but. People will feel odd if they find out that, okay, in an uh, Islamic, for example, Islamic community center, you are arranging board games. They will feel odd that why, what has this got to do with Islam? Why aren't we teaching something about Islam rather than playing board games? But I think that's wrong because the purpose of a mosque or an Islamic community center is not just about religion. So, for example, people come for prayer. They will pray and then they will go back. Did the people really interact with each other? No. The purpose of these religious places, whether it's a mosque or a church, is so that the people interact. They build a community with each other. They have a sense of community that tomorrow, if somebody does not see me sitting on the bench or sitting next to me in the prayer, they feel worried about me that, okay, Mr. X has not come today. Uh, is he mm-hmm. feeling fine? And that used to be the sense of community back in the days of the prophet. That mm. if one of the apostles of the prophet, for example, didn't used to come, then people would get worried and they would go to his home and check and maybe the guy was sick or maybe something mm. bad has happened to him. Mm-hmm. So that used to create a sense of community with them. But Nowadays, people will come to the prayer. So in Islam, there are five prayers in a day. They will come to prayer, they will pray, and then they will go home even without talking to each other. That does Mm -hmm. not build the sense of community. So you have done the job that Allah gave to you, uh, God gave to you, that okay, you come to pray. But you have left half of your religion, which was about building the rest of the community because that is also part of Islam that you have to interact as one community with each other as well. You have responsibilities to each other. If in, as per the faith, as per Islamic faith, if in your neighborhood, even one person out of 40 houses is left without food, then you will be held responsible for that. So that's the Mm. sense of community that we have to oblige with. That Mm. within the 40 houses radius, you have to take care that everyone is getting feed. So now that sense of community, how you're going to build, that will only come when you are interacting outside the prayer. In the prayer, you cannot talk to each other during that prayer time. It will be only by doing activities that you are Uh, you can do outside and again board games can be a catalyst it's not the only catalyst but it can Mm -hmm. be a great catalyst because people uh, throw down their guards Mm -hmm. against each other when they are on a board game you don't know the person but you start playing a game and two minutes in you're laughing together you are best buddies with the person 
and you're making uh, well game enemies with each other because <laughs> you're okay. having rivalries that no 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 let's gang up on that one he's going higher on the <laughs> score track and that's the kind of thing that you want because you can have that kind of friendship with kids leave two kids in a park and they will become best buddies in 5 minutes but mm-hmm. you leave two adults in the park and they will come out as separate two adults without ever talking to each other uh-huh. mm. oh, that's great yeah absolutely but, that is that's wonderful yeah but that's where the board games can help so it's not the, i'm not saying that that's the only catalyst but it's a great catalyst because it helps us become kids again without feeling dumb you put a red truck in mm. front of me and i'll say no this is dumb but you put an economic game in front of me i'll be intrigued oh let me have a look right. and i'll look be at a this kid again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i love it thank you i i i hadn't thought about games really being such a, a breaking down barriers but you're absolutely right it really does it gives us a way to Otherwise, what are we going to talk about? The weather? You know, what are we, that sort of universal thing. Oh, it's cold today. Like you need, you need a, you need something to stand on, right? You, you need, I saw someone recently talking about uh, friendships need a plank. Like you need a board to stand on together. And so you need to do mm-hmm. something, whether it's a social activity or a project or a, right. And that's Daniel and I've talked about that our our friendship right now is partly because we haven't talked or been friends for 30 years has been this podcast and, and this shared interest. And yeah, so we need yeah. something to bring people together, whatever it is, whether it's a softball game or a, uh, or a board game. Yeah. And, and oh, yeah. I suspect all religions are interested in that communal aspect, some kind of social socialization. Because we're hum- we're all human, and we all need we're yeah. in communities. Yeah, right. yeah, absolutely. I, and I love that sense that you mentioned, Ali, of, of um, it kind of helps us to become children again. <laughs> yeah, you know, and I, I think I think there's there's a there's a, a very um, important I think aspect of faith and all that too. That's so cool. I love I love that. It reminds me of uh, of I heard a story once of a, 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 a woman who was doing her morning prayers. She was Christian. Her morning prayers, her morning devotions in, in a subway train as she was, she went to work every day and just was, she would read her devotion. And every day the devotion was about, you know, reaching out to your neighbors and caring for the people around you and, you know, loving the folks around you. And, and just, it, it, it hurt, it hit her one day that she read this, these encouragements to love the people around her every day. And we just do this in silence as she went to work every day and then go to work. And, and the one day she decided to close the book and actually start to talk to the person next to her, you know, just to, as a way to kind of try to live that out, that sense of community that our faiths encourage us to, but then we kind of have to take the next step outside of our prayer time, our worship time to turn those kind of connections into reality. I love that. Yeah, correct. So there, again, just to summarize, it helps us out of our comfort zone. Our comfort zone is just us as adults. We love being with us. But these games help us come out of that. Mm -hmm. Meet new people. And 
And for, for Christians, of course, there's a beloved teaching of Jesus that he said we should become like little children. And no one's quite sure what he meant by that. Like, there's di- sort of different interpretations, but we could, I think, it would certainly make sense as Ali saying that uh, children do find community very quickly with one another, and, and they do not yeah. see barriers, and adults do. They uh, can find all sorts of grievances or reasons not to just be sociable. Yeah, yeah, yeah only yeah. if you interact with more and more humans, you understand things from their point of view. It increases mm-hmm. yeah. your own faith in things, your understanding of things, your own blessings. Uh, There are so many things that only you get to realize once you interact with people. Just talking about, for example, the blessings that you are given. For example, uh, in I think two episodes back, you guys talked about a really wonderful thing and I was fascinated by it, that which games have you revisited? And Mm. I love that topic because Mm. every other podcast, I do listen to a lot of podcasts (laughs) about board games and uh, they always talk about the new hotness. And it was really refreshing to hear about, okay, what board games have you revisited? And why it was fascinating to me was because, well, there needs to come a time when you need to be content with what you Mm. have as well. And that's what revisiting is, that you might have a great game already on your shelf. Just trying to seek out new hotness, you're forgetting about the great games that you already have on your shelf. So be content with that. You have so many blessings, yeah, that others might not even have. So enjoy those. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And and that's a struggle for me because it... it, uh, and a dark side of the board game hobby is the coveting and the cult of the new and and wanting the new shiny thing. And I I struggle with that. I suspect all board gamers Everyone struggle does. with that. And <laughs> yeah, so yeah, too. forcing myself to be content or keeping yourself to one you know bookcase of games or so many that you're you're not going to or putting yourself on a budget, but somehow avoiding that endless appetite for newness that human beings have. Like my, my cat just eats to... the same food every day. Why? Why? You know? Why can't I've had the wisdom of the cat? It's like every time she's like, "Oh, it's what I ate ten minutes ago. This is wonderful." She's so happy. Or but. bunnies. <laughs> or bunnies. Be content. <laughs> that's right. That's right. I, I, credit needs to go to Kevin for that topic. Thanks for saying that, Ali. Yeah, that was. I think when Kevin and I were planning out that episode, I thought I said, "Why don't we just talk about you know things that we've played recently?" And Kevin had this great idea of. Let's talk about, you know, recently revisited for that very reason. And so, so kudos to you, Kevin. I, that was, that was well, a, it's just because I'm so topic. spiritually weak. <laughs> if we start talking about no. hot newness, I'll run out and buy something. <laughs> anyway. Well, this is, that does go ahead. No, go, go for it. Well, that does bring up a topic that I just, I thought might be kind of a fun thing to close with potentially i know we're, we're kind of into that time mm-hmm. it's more of a fun thing though so if there's some other no, things we want to talk about to the fun. we can edit this okay i was wondering if we could if we could close with um a couple questions um and and the first is uh, maybe a a beloved game to to each of us a game or two like if there's if there's a special um 
if you had to make a short list of just games that are near and dear to your heart, if there were one or two that, that, you, that you'd pick, what, would, what they might be. And while we're thinking about it, my other question was, um, you know, Ali, Kevin, and I have talk a lot about the, the, the clap on clapper. <laughs> Is, was, did, did, was that such a thing um, in your childhood? Growing up in Pakistan, was there the clapper? No. Okay. Okay. All right. Okay. Not okay. at all. Okay. All right. Well, I only knew about it from an advertisement, right? Like, I don't know anyone yeah, that yeah. had it. I, you know what? I only knew about it from the advertisement as well, except after that episode went out, my dear friends, uh, Chelsea and Jordan, uh, they so hated Chelsea and Jordan. Um, they, they listened to this as well. They said, they said that um, I, I think uh, Jordan got a clapper for Chelsea, like on like one of their first anniversaries or something like that. That just as a, as a, so more of a joke. So, so, so Chelsea and Jordan have a clapper out there somewhere. Um, <laughs> So I'll, I'll share a couple sentimental favorites, if that's okay, just to get us started, well, to give you a little bit more time to think about. Um, one, the very first hobby board game that I had that, that my wife got me for Christmas one year that started all of this, and, 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 and she doesn't know why she got it, but what she, she got me Dominion, um, you know, the, the, the classic card draft, um, um, deck, deck building game, Dominion, deck mm-hmm. building. And, you know, I was just like, oh. I love this. I didn't know games could be like this. And that just kind of, you know, um, so that's sentimental to me. And then one we bought not long after that, that continues to be one of our favorites for my wife and me. And I know you like this as well. Ollie is, is bunny kingdom. And we just, we just love bunny kingdom. Um, and that was uh, a dear one to us. So those are a couple sentimental favorites. Mm. How about for y'all? Mm-hmm. Okay. So for me, uh, the first one would be legends of Andor. Um, so mm. it's a Michael Menzel game. Uh, the thing that I love about it, first of all, regarding the gameplay, that uh, on when you set that game up, you will see enemies, you will see the heroes, typical uh, kind of fantasy heroes. What you will think is, okay, this is a dice chucker and you have to kill the, as many bad guys as you can and then win the scenario. But when you play that game, you will get to realize that actually it's a puzzle game because uh, the more enemies you kill, the faster the time passes and you have to finish the objective of the mission in a certain time period. So Mm. killing the enemies is actually bad for you. And you have to find a way that, okay, which are the most essential enemies that I need to kill? Because if you don't kill anyone, then they are trying to attack the castle. And if the castle gets Mm. overwhelmed, then you lose as well. Now, what they also have is these enemies have like a hopping mechanism. So if there is an enemy in front of it, they will hop over it. So they will move two spaces in one go. And Mm. then you have to manage that as well. That, okay, this enemy and at the end of the turn. So uh, me and my wife are sitting just around the table thinking, okay, how are they going to actually mess with us this time? Because now end of turn is going to come. This guy will jump over this one. This one will jump over here. But this will cause this to jump over this one. And then this guy will enter the castle. So we cannot let that happen. But if we kill the guy in the middle then all of this stops. And oh, that kind of puzzle thinking you are discussing, and 
you are 60%, 70% of your actual time, you're spending just discussing with your partners around the table that what are you going to do to solve this issue out? Yeah. And that was really fascinating. So Legends of Andor, I really love that game just because of that part that you have more interaction with the people around you, even though that's a co-op, but you're figuring the puzzle out with everyone. And uh, I had a wonderful time when I was playing with my wife, uh, playing that game. So that was uh, really awesome for me. The second one would be similar to that as well, uh, where I had some really funny moments with my wife, uh, which is going to be Clank Legacy. Now, Mm. Clank Legacy, have any of you played that? No, I have eyed it, and I've played regular Clank, but... uh, I've played regular Clank too, that's it. So, Clank Legacy, uh, as the name indicates, as that legacy portion to Clank. Now, that one is uh, just hilarious. Uh, So, the guys from Penny Arcade came up with uh, Acquisitions Incorporated. You might have seen their uh, Dungeons & Dragons shows, which they do under Acquisition Incorporated. If you have not seen, you can see them on YouTube, Acquisitions Incorporated. If you search for that, they have done Dungeons and Dragons show for that. So they are funny. Uh, But coming back to the board game, that board game is so funny as well. So there will be different encounters that you get to have with the dragon. So uh, in regular Clank, you will just encounter the dragon and oh, you will just pull out the cubes from the bag and some bad thing happen. But now yeah. this time, what's going to also happen is different story events are going to happen. So, for mm. example, there will be hilarious moments. So one of the moments, for example, I can never forget is, so it gave me a choice that the dragon flew down. So uh, the other person always read from the storybook. So, oh. so Uh-oh, something got muted. Uh, sorry. Ali, I think you're muted. Uh, no. no problem. Dramatic so, pause. So what uh, happened one of, in one of the moments is that uh, in the storybook, so the dragon flew down and came in front of me and then it gave choices. So the other person always reads from the book. So it gave choices. So the Malakit is now threatening me and there was dialogue, the dragon, Malakit. So uh, he's threatening me so I had different options and I had to pick one. And one of the options was that I will bow down in front of Malakith and say, you're the greatest dragon of them all and I will be <laughs> serving you. I will become your servant. And I, will. And I chose that option. <laughs> it didn't go well. It didn't go well at all, as you would expect. <laughs> so... Uh, so again, I don't want to spoil for the people that what happened after that, because there can be things that will happen. You will get different kind of rewards and things as the story progresses and based on options that you select. You will be always given those story events and it becomes like choose your adventure, pick one thing and different things will happen. So it's a great game and those memories are what makes it sentimental for me. And uh, even though I've completed it, but I don't let that game go I still keep it with me just because of that mm-hmm. sentimental value absolutely I hear you that's wow. yeah you can't let go of that that's awesome uh, thank you mine would be the pandemic and of course set aside COVID and we're mm-hmm. there's mem- memories of COVID uh, ongoing memories sadly but uh, pandemic the game was w- one of my first entries into what a modern 
uh, not mass market board game could do. And it, yeah. and just those choices and, and having to play together to beat the board. It's even though I don't play it that much anymore, I have such fond memories of, of playing pandemic and, and sort of achieving victory together. I, I love that game. And the other would be Twilight Imperium, which is probably just one of my all time favorite Whoa. games yeah. because, and we've played it most often with the family and strangely, everybody in my family likes that game. So if we ever try to play something else, most somebody's going to object or have a power struggle or right. Or cause I've got three boys, so it's always Cain and Abel. So one wants to do something. So the other one obviously doesn't want to do it just cause his brother does, but we all like Twilight Imperium. And it's partly cause there's just so many weird, funny interactions cause you're bribing people or trying to pass laws and it just creates so many great memories. And then it's so long, by the end of the game, you just want someone to win to, to end it. <laughs> so it doesn't even matter who wins. And so I, yeah, it's just, it's kind of a weirdly goofy, but also intense game. So, so how many times do you get to play it? Not very much. Yeah. Yeah. Well, with the, with pandemic and being stuck in the house uh, with, with COVID, I mean, not pan, the COVID pandemic, uh, we were playing it maybe once a month as a family because we oh, weren't wow. going anywhere and it was cold. So we would play it. But a lot of times we would yeah. abandon the game because someone, we need to make dinner and then we just never got back to it. So I'd have to spend an hour putting everything up. Uh, and they, I do have a few friends that occasionally will get together and play. We have played um, uh, Twilight Imperium. That's a bit more intense. So maybe it's partly my family playing Twilight Imperium. It's a little more goofy. I'm so impressed as uh, Twilight Imperium as if, if uh, that your whole family plays. That's that's really it's really cool. Well, the boys like the the bit of the combat, and in fact, we've had many hurt feelings in the past of people. Someone wiped out someone's Starfleet, and you know, and he That'll later a, trips yeah. and kicks him or something. So it's, Except for payback, that, there's revenge. That's for the Starfleet. <laughs> that's for the Starfleet. And this I is will never forget. This is for my home planet. <laughs> uh, but again, with the dice, uh, throwing dice, the nice thing about dice is whoever wins the battle, part of it's arbitrary. Like you can have yeah, the best yeah. fleet in the world and you have some bad dice rolls and they're gone, which means yeah. you can't take it personally because it's partly that, that's a good thing about luck. Right, right. Right. Yeah. True. Anyway. Well, this has been terrific and we are so grateful for Ali taking a really the night before his weekend begins and uh, spending some time with us and hopefully we can have him back and we because we want to talk about representation in board games and how that plays out in Saudi Arabia and other parts of the world and other religions. But um, fantastic. And how how can people find you, Ali? So first of all, it has been a pleasure talking to you guys. Uh, so I am available on Instagram and YouTube uh, on and at both locations. My handle is Karar, K-A-R-A-R-2-K, Karar2K. Uh, so on YouTube, I make uh, videos once a week. I will make a board game review as well as I do a segment called Game Changer in which I will explain some of the or I will give links to some of the 
print and play files for board games uh, which can enhance or change your game and add more life to your board games uh, plus I also on the Instagram again you will find links and photos of the games that I'm playing so you can find those in addition I also make a story mode for board games uh, which are full-fledged campaigns that I make uh, story campaigns uh, custom missions uh, so if you follow my YouTube channel on the Game Changer, you will be able to find videos of those as well as the links to those story campaigns as well. And that's where you can find me. And those things are great. Uh, I, I've only explored a little, but the Cthulhu Death May Die, um, Ali's taken and put, in all, put a different spin on the setup and created a, a almost a legacy type fan fiction type. It, it's really amazing what you did. I was so impressed. Look like a lot of work. Yeah, that those story modes were one of the ways to enhance the number of replay sessions that I get to have with my family because then they get interested. Okay, now we have to play the next episode, then the next mm. episode, then the next mm. episode. Mm. So they get hooked in by those story modes and we get to play 10 more sessions of the game. Very smart. And, we'll, and I just want to say thank you and, and, and as well. Yeah, and, and we'll put, sorry, I will put links to your, I, I'll put, those will be in the podcast notes. We'll put links to your Instagram and YouTube for people. Great idea. Thank you, Kevin, for, yeah, for, for. Note to myself when I'm yeah, editing, no, I, just to I need to remember to do that. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Yeah, and I just want to say thank you to you as well, Ali. Uh, we're, this is fantastic. I, I can't imagine a, a better first guest for this for board game faith and like kevin said i do i it'd be wonderful to have you back here again please know how uh, how much we appreciate you and and uh, yeah and as kevin was saying you really really do wonderful uh, content um youtube and instagram and we encourage folks to check to check that out at Carrar 2k and they're always welcome to check us out too we're we're a uh, board game faith on um uh, on instagram mostly but we've got some facebook and twitter too and um and you're always welcome to email us. We'd love to hear about your experiences of the intersection of uh, religion and board games, spirituality and board games. You can email us at boardgamefaith.com, uh, boardgamefaith at gmail.com or info at boardgamefaith.com. Did I get that right, Kevin? You, you're doing great. You're doing great. <laughs> okay, thanks. Or you can email us at daniel at dot. <laughs> dot net exactly be my dream excellent well uh, uh, happy weekend to you Ali and Daniel great to chat with you and we'll see you all next time yeah, thank you very much for having thank me thank you and thanks for listening everybody thank you bye bye bye